Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And this is a show about life, music, and everything in between. Speaking of that, we talked today with Tom of 18th and Addison about, well, guess what? Life, music, and everything in between. These guys are amazingly talented. They just signed with Wiretap Records, and we were excited to get them on this podcast early into their journey. Yes, and speaking of bands who are somewhat early in their journey, we just put out a new song called Thunder with Anchor 84, which we are really excited to be a part of. If you guys could go check that out, that'd be awesome. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. We've got social media at the Stash NY across all of it, and all those links are in the description below, so please check it out. Now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come straight to you guys, because if you've been listening across the past few weeks, you know we have the same spiel, but it's because it matters. So if you all could find on whatever your listening service provides you with a way to interact with us, I'm talking a notification bell. I'm talking a subscribe button. And if you could be so daring, maybe even leave a review, preferably five stars, that would really help the show and continue to keep us getting good guests for you to put your little ears into each week. And speaking of good guests, these next few guests that we've got coming for you guys are some of our best, I think. We've got Dan Garrity from 7715. We've got Ryan's World. We've got the San Antones. And it's only going to get better from there, so please stay tuned. And without further ado, here is Knives by 18th and Addison. Hey guys, and we're back with another episode. This week we got on the show Tom from 18th and Addison. What's going on, Tom? Nothing much, man. How you guys doing? Dude, we're, we're doing great, man. You know, still recovering from 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit got still. a little rowdy. You know, America's birthday, it's a big deal. Oh yeah, what was the number? Didn't you guys celebrate that, Andrew? Yeah, we, well, we celebrated it two days later just because, you know, like... It's just like how like they say Christmas is Jesus' birthday, but like it wasn't really Christmas. We're just like America's birthday is the month of July. Yeah, she gets, she <laughs> she deserves a whole month. She I deserves mean. a whole month. But what was the number? You guys have it in the you oh, had it in the man. Facebook chat, right? Uh, t- uh, two hundred no, three hundred twenty something maybe. I don't know. I can't do math in my head. Seventeen seventy seven plus uh, uh, you know twenty twenty nineteen minus seventeen seventy seven. That's what birthday. 
Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I'm an 1812er. I truly don't believe that we won our independence till we got it the second time, but we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's a different podcast. That's a different episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a different episode, man. So, Tom, what's new, dude? How you been? How you living? Good, man. Living good. It's uh, been quite the whirlwind the last couple months, but yeah, no complaints at all. Yeah, so, so right off the bat, I want to congratulate you guys on your signing with your band, 18th and Addison, to Wiretap Records. That's, that's huge, man. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. We're so excited about it. I, don't, I really don't think, we, don't think we could have found a better home for it, you know? Yeah, so, so you know, why don't we just get right into it, man? You know, like, like, why don't you just take us back, introduce yourself to the audience, sort of give us, like, your, your musical history, if you would, and, and bring us up to the signing and how we got to be to this very point right now, chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so again, my name's Tom. Uh, I'm in the band 18th and Addison. I sing, I play guitar, uh, I track bass for pretty much every song. Um, yeah, it's a band with my fiance. We're just a, we're a duo. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been about five years now for 18th and Addison. But before that, you know, obviously we, her and I have been through the ringer with local bands leading up to this and different projects that sort of took off, but not really. And, um, you know, we kind of look at 18th and Addison almost as like a second lease on life. And, um, you know, we've gone at it, you know, very strong headed since the very beginning, uh, took it on very independently learning from our mistakes in the past from when we were a little younger playing. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's with 18th and Addison, it just feels like, um, I don't know, man. It's one of those things where, where it's just uh, we've never forced it. We've never made it do anything it wasn't supposed to do. It's just we've always just kind of let the music kind of do what it wanted, where we wanted to go. And that's exactly how it's it's turned up. It brought us here to signing with Wiretap Records. Uh, we've been working with Wallman Management now for a few months, and that's been great. And, you know, got a new producer. We've been working really well with him. His name's John Ferrara. He's phenomenal. And, uh yeah, man, it's just, I have absolutely no complaints at this very moment. <laughs> it's, it's been a long road musically since I was a little kid, but up until now, you know, it's, it's, you know, you start to see things pay off in the long run. It's, it's been great. That's, that's great to hear, dude. Now you said you were from Jersey, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're from New Jersey. What, what, what part exactly? Uh, we're from Ocean County, so uh, it's just, yeah, we're Central Jersey, but a lot of people a little further north, which is like the actual Central Jersey, consider us South Jersey, so. We're kind of right in the middle. It's like the armpit. Well, I've well, I mean, New Jersey is the armpit of America. No offense, <laughs> but but I have also heard very nice things about South Jersey. So if I were you, I would also say I'm from South Jersey. But I'm from yeah. New York, so I'm probably a little biased. Oh, okay. Yeah, South Jersey's cool. You know, we got they got Wildwood. Wildwood's fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Wildwood, New Jersey, but there's it's pretty cool. You know, it's a board, long, long boardwalk with about three piers, all different themes. And um, yeah, it's it's cool down there. Atlantic City is always kind of fun if you feel like you know forming a gambling addiction or alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, if you can't afford <laughs> to get to Vegas, you could just take the weekend and go to Atlantic City. Exactly, just go to Atlantic City and pretend you're in Vegas if you buy the right drinks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you buy the right drinks, you could be anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly Damn. my point, dude. That's deep. <laughs> 
So, so the South Jersey scene. Now, I don't know exact my my New Jersey geography. I'm not gonna lie. It's sort of like the part of of history class in fifth grade that I brushed aside because you know, like, look, man, I have love for everyone from everywhere, but New Jersey's got to be my least favorite state. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that like my sense of geography from New Jersey isn't strong. But what <laughs> I know fair. is strong from geography is something you're in, punk rock. You had bands like Man Overboard, Major League, just to name a few off the top of my head. So. What was that like? Like, you know, sort of like growing up in a scene that had these bands sort of coming out of nowhere and really taking like the Warp Tour movement by storm. Did that inspire you? You know, like, was that was that a drive to pursue the style of music that 18th and Addison is? Well, to be honest, no, because um, we were actually kind of doing that, the sound that we have now, a little before that we were, we were really aware of that. Um, but I mean, you know, it was a thing where I think we were all kind of coming up around at the same time, just in separate bands. Like at the time, Kate and I weren't doing 18th and Addison yet. And Man Overboard and all those guys had already been started up and they were doing a really good job. You know, everybody kind of already knew their names around town and just around the state in general. And, you know, Gaslight Anthem, of course, was from a little bit north of us. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool thing to see. And it was, it was inspiring to see that there was some attention on this area because for a very long time, like I said, when Kate and I were younger, we both were kind of ringer with local bands as most musicians do before they find the one that they feel the most happy in and the most comfortable to take to the next level. And, uh, when when I was 15, 14 years old playing in hardcore shows, nobody was really paying that much attention to the, uh, to the scene there. It wasn't anything where, Bands were getting picked up and going on work tour, playing festivals or opening for anybody, you know, too notable or anything at the time. Like, I, I will say one time when I was like 14, I was in this hardcore band. We opened for a day to remember in a lock cabin. That's and that awesome. was really fun. Yeah, that was really so cool. cool. And nobody saw coming what they were going to be now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like they they took it to such a height. That that to me that's actually the most inspiring. I was actually more inspired by when I was playing local shows in New Jersey, the band that came up from Virginia or the band that was here from Chicago. Like I was like, I gotta get on that show. I have no idea who they are, but I wanna play a show with that band from Virginia. I don't I don't even know if they're good. I just wanted to be there. You know, it's like so uh yeah, but when it started to happen where the New Jersey bands were the bands people wanted to play with, I was like, This is cool. You know, when did when did this start? <laughs> it's like we started to kind of bury our heads a little bit and just write our own music. We weren't really paying attention to anybody else or what was going on around us. We were just kind of doing what we loved. And then, yeah, you started to see things kind of start to change. It was really exciting. So your eye was on the prize. Yeah, man. Like I've always kind of had, uh, ever since I was a kid, I always just kind of had a, a different, uh, a, not, I wouldn't say a different goal set for myself. I think we all aim for the same goal, just like the way they wanted to go about it. I just always kind of in terms of getting there, uh, I was just always very focused on what I was doing. I never really found myself too, uh, my, my attention, I should say. I never found my attention or my focus taken away to, to see what someone else was up to or to or anything like that. And not out of like selfishness, just out of, you know, I was always so uh, immersed in what I was doing. And that really hasn't changed since I was probably 10 years old. That really hasn't changed. And now with 18th and Addison, it's actually even crazier. I'm obsessive with it, so... Um, seeing those types of things happen, you know, it's exciting for sure. Uh, musically, it doesn't really inspire me too much to, to like go or influence our writing or anything. Not to say we don't like any of that stuff. It's just something that doesn't really seep into what we write. If people hear it, that's cool. 
you know, we try to write music for everybody. But um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of focus on our own stuff, and then whatever's happening around us, we're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, like, how's that going? Let's let's go check that out. Right, totally. And uh, so you said that this band is just you and Kate, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just me and my fiance. Uh, we bring a lot of band out with us, though. We bring a bass player and a drummer out on the road. Uh, usually our, Brian, our drummer, Brian Dilla, who's a phenomenal drummer. He's been with us for about two or three years now, so anytime anyone comes to a show, they'll always see him on stage. With you and Kate, did your relationship start you know, as a romantic relationship, and then you guys were like, oh, we like the same music, let's work together. Or you guys were working on music together, and you're like, hey, you're kind of pretty to look at, let's kiss and stuff. Like, <laughs> like, how did that, which one of those came first? It was actually the relationship came first. Uh, we were both in separate bands at the time, uh, and you know, we started dating. It was about three years in, I want to say, into our relationship that uh, we were in separate projects. And then... We we finally were at the end of our wits, basically, with those projects, just mem- constant member changes and just kind of feeling like we were just beating a dead horse. And it just so happened to be around the exact same time that both of our projects sort of just bit the dust. And then we were just, you know, we were already like playing guitar and writing songs together just because, you know, it's just kind of what we do. And that's how we became friends anyway, was by just covering songs and just messing around with songs that... She had in mind songs that I had in mind that wouldn't work for either of our bands. And uh, you know, eventually we were like, let's take this a little more seriously and see where this goes. And then that was when 18th and Addison started. So yeah, it's, it was the relationship first and then the band. Interesting. And is it hard to like kind of separate the two sometimes? Like if you're having like a musical, you know, different standpoint and then it like gets like kind of awkward or something? Like how do you guys separate the romantic side and like the business side of the band i guess yeah especially now with the with a new signing i mean yeah, that's new a signing, whole another layer and of and you're not dating now you're engaged like everything is both sides of that are now increased so the commitment has increased by twofold right yeah so. yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean it's, i think it's a lot easier than people assume you know I, uh we we're we've, we're really good at at making sure uh, you know, our, our relationship is, has attention on it. We don't, we don't sit there and ever, we, we make time for date nights, you know, we'll go see movies, like we'll go grab dinner and things like that. And it's not always talk about the band, although, you know, that is like our passion. We love music more than we really love anything else at all. Um, I, I actually, I can't, I can't even say I really have many other interests aside from music, which might make me a pretty boring person maybe, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's a it's a thing where yeah, the conversation does tend to come up and bleed into our personal time, but at the same time, it's what we love, so it doesn't feel like we're bringing our our work home with us. You know, it just feels like that's just what we do. You know, it's part of our lives. It's not just a, a job or a career or anything. It's just our lives. So yeah, the the two end up working out really well together. When the signing happened, we were both really really happy. You know, we we couldn't wait to start working even harder. You know, more than anything, we, I think most people kind of look at that like, oh, we can chill. Her and I were like, no, like, I can't wait to do more. Let's go. You have to uh, get after it, as we like to say in New York, you know. Uh, I don't know if you guys have that one in Jersey yet, but uh, it, it's a good one. and it's, yeah, you, it's... Can, you, you can use it if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, lease it out to you guys. But no, seriously, I mean, that is the mentality I think you need to have, um, especially because, you know, um, Wiretap is, is certainly a solid record label, but they're not the biggest record label in the world. So how do you get noticed? You know what I mean? I think with the advent of, like, the internet and stuff, the independent label has tripled in quantity you know so so there's a lot 
of independent labels that you could work with that could propel your career, but how do you stand out from the other, you know, thousands of bands that now have found an independent label through the internet? Yeah, you like know? us. <laughs> like us, like you guys. So it's 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 pretty cool to be talking to someone who's at a similar similar place. And I, I think we both have what I like to call the winning mentality. Now we have to make that make that get that win but at least that mentality is what's important yeah it's not that you've won it's that you're still winning and you want to continue to win right appreciate the small steps too and just Mm -hmm. keep keep striving forward yeah exactly and i think a big thing that's that's lost uh aside from music what bands can really do to stand out is you know you you need to you need to just be thankful for even the failures you know what i mean like you can't you, you can't just harp on all your successes all the time because as anybody who really knows who's who's still doing this kind of thing, you know you understand that anything that was successful took about five to ten failed attempts to figure it out and then finally do it. And uh, you know a lot of people they they let the failure beat them down, and then next thing you know it's like oh well that didn't work, and it's like well you didn't really give it a chance. And that's something I see more than more than I'd like to admit that I see you know it, it happens a lot and um you know for us like if for us it motivates us when things don't work out and you know when it does come down to the internet and you know you are one of a million people promoting in the same almost the same fashion to probably the same fan base um yeah it can become overwhelming for some people and uh you know and like you said with the independent label it's it's you know you got to find like how do you find that way to get the attention it's like just you got to keep working it is not everyone will stick it out so it's like you really just need to keep pushing forward that's that's the really the bottom line it's just you got to keep pushing forward write songs that are catchy and you know when it comes to a label a label is only as strong as its artists if the bands aren't going to work hard with the label the the whole thing's not going to happen you know that's just a very common misconception i think one of the things you know that i sort of have been realizing doing this podcast um we we like to we talk to a bunch of people in a bunch of different places of the industry some are where we want to be in 10 years some are a little bit behind us you know we'll talk to anyone that's sort of the vibe of this show is to to figure it out as as we're we're sort of figuring it out, you know, figure yeah, it out with our guests and learning with Andrew and Chris. And so so to what yeah, essentially that should be the name of the show. And and what you just said is sort of it, it adds some concrete evidence behind a thought I've been having. You know, it's almost like in this entertainment industry, if you can stick in longer than everyone else around you, well then you're the only one left. So yeah, something's gonna happen. Of. I mean, I yeah, don't it's know. Like a king of the hill type of game. You know, I mean, I don't know. How do you? How do you? I'd love to know how you feel about that thought. I think that's it. You know, to an extent, I think that's very true. Um, I mean, that was the case with Social Distortion. I don't know if you guys are fans of Social Distortion, but as a kid, that was one of the first bands I ever got into. And uh, really digging into their history, you know, they came from that era of hardcore with, like, you know, in like '80s hardcore and they were really one of the only bands to survive, <laughs> you know, and people were like, all right, yeah, let's, you know, they're writing pretty good songs actually. And, you know, I kind of wish I paid attention sooner. And the best part was, was everyone else around them was done and they were still going. So people picked up on it. So yeah, to an extent that is, you know, that's very true. Right. To an extent, because obviously there needs to be things working for you. Uh, the song being probably the most important. <laughs> yeah. You need to item. also be kind of good. To yeah. Last <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. Even that was always kind of a questionable situation. But it's so tough with music because music's so subjective. Because you can have somebody who's got an, 
you know, someone who's got an amazing song, but the quality is so bad, you can't understand it. You don't understand how great it is. Again, like to reference another band I grew up loving and still love is The Clash. You know, their their first record wasn't even sold in the U.S. yet for like the longest time <laughs> because I think it came out actually it got imported after their second album came out and a lot of the reviews were people couldn't understand what joe strummer was saying and it was a shame because his lyrics were phenomenal but the quality you just couldn't understand it back then and you know it didn't help that he was just shouting but um you know that was a thing and you know but again that band really they they kept pushing when a lot of people didn't so yeah, and you know, I, I'd love to dive into this now. You've brought up social distortion. You've brought up the Clash, Gaslight Anthem. Uh, what, what, like, what inspires the 18th and Addison sound? Because you very much so have the the standard like pop punk elements, but the way you spin it, you know, uh, especially with the dual singing, the way you and Kate sort of divide the the lyrical content and and the vocal distribution on the songs. It's it is abstract in a sense of the mold that I can see you guys falling into. So so what inspires the sound and and how do you how, how have you gone about finding the sound i mean that kind of just goes back to what i was saying earlier about just keeping our heads down and focusing on the things we like uh, at the end of the day we really just love music we're music fans before we're fans of any genre or any bands or you know anything like that it's just uh, there, there was there's never this specific I guess specific goal, but there's a very specific vision and our vision's always just been, we want to connect with people first and foremost. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be those, those roots in, in punk rock, which is, you know, uh, we grew up on that. That's what we both love. But, um, you know, there's also some pop elements that we really appreciate that we think shouldn't be shied away from. We feel like, you know, there's, we like to harmonize. We like to do multiple harmonies, even if we are only two people <laughs> and two singers. It's fun to mess with. Like More people we figure are going to hear our songs on Spotify than they probably will see us live for a while, so we might as well have as much fun in the studio as we can. Uh, yeah, there's just different elements of things we like. We like some, we like some, like, I guess, you know, you could call it darker synth pop music. And, you know, we also listen to Rancid and the same token we can go and turn on like the new Jonas Brothers record like we really don't have a filter we just like music if it's catchy if it's good especially if it's saying something and uh you know it feels like the artist really means it and you know that that's that's the stuff we're we're attracted to so it's all over the board you know there, there is never a formula the one thing I'm finding based off of what you're saying and listening to your music prior to the interview, it seems that the thing that sticks out the most to you, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is a, is a sense of melody. Yeah, for sure. That's usually the goal. We want everything that we're writing. It has to be based in melody. Um, you know, in, in more recent times, I've been really focusing the most on our uh, in newer songs is I've been trying to focus on my guitar work um, as Kate's focusing more on the more vocal melody, you know, but at the end of the day, we kind of dissect it all. And we're like, we're both doing the same thing just with different instruments. It's like, we're just, we're, we're both singing it, but our own way. And, uh, that's always kind of the goal is we want everything to be catchy. We want people to enjoy it and have fun listening to it. And then once they're kind of, you know, okay, cool. Yeah, this was fun. They get over the energy of it or whatever, whatever you want to call that. Um, you know, then they can kind of dig into the lyrics and maybe find something that they relate to and that they connect to and, hopefully something that sticks with them as they grow up, you know? Yeah, and if it's catchy, then it gets stuck in their head, and then they have to listen to it more and more. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm a firm believer that if you've got a catchy vocal melody or a super catchy guitar lick or something, like that's really, I mean, the rest of the song has to not be trash, but you know, that's the most important part. And that's like, if you have a super catchy melody, then like you're good. Then that song oh, is, yeah. is going to go somewhere. Yeah, I even tell our drummer Brian all the time, I'm like, dude, even your drums get stuck in my head. I'm like, you make up the catchiest drum beats, and it's just so fun for us. Like, that's what's fun. You know, melody is number one, then it's energy. And obviously, it comes down to whatever emotion you're feeling, because we kind of just let whatever we're feeling at the time just happen. We try not to think about it. We, I like to think of ourselves as like these little antennas that like, you know, it's when we do start to write, you know, it's, it'll come to you if it's good enough, you know, and if it's not good, those are usually the times where you're like, oh, writer's block. It's like, that just probably just means that's not supposed to be written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't force it. It comes and goes in waves. And, uh, you know, one of the worst feelings that probably happens like once every like three or four months is when, you know, that hot streak, it just comes to an end. You you know, you (laughs) want to write that song at that, that set time of the same day, but you're just like, Oh man, well last week we were on it. What's yeah. going on, Chris? Like what are you doing right now? You know, it sucks. But Yeah, you never know. Yeah, no, you got it. You have to enjoy it when it's when the when the what do they say? What's that expression? Well, if you're talking about the line from the office, it's like I wish that you knew that you were in the golden days when you were in them. <laughs> I was not, but that 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 suffices for sure. Now, that is so a good one. It, it seems like you guys are very much so of the school of thought. Uh, don't force it. What what comes out of you is is what should be, and it's. It, I think that's apparent in your music. But with two lead singers, you know, how do you guys decide who's going to sing what? Uh, and and is there some situations where maybe Kate will write some vocals for a part and and lyrics that she's attached to, but she's like, you know what, Tom, I think you should sing this for the delivery. Like, how do you guys go about that? Because I've I haven't really been in a band with two singers that actually both sing. Oh wow! Um, yeah, one yeah, of them was yeah. a screamer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from a hardcore background that. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you get what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So I've seen that often too. But yeah, that's 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 a funny question. Um, basically, the way it works is is it works. It's a it's a culmination of everything you just said. Uh, there's plenty of times I've written a song where I just go, you know what, this will sound better with Kate's voice and. I, I love the lyrics, but it's just not working for my voice right now. Like for some reason, this word doesn't sound good, and I'm not willing to get rid of that word because that one word was so descriptive that I really think it's capturing what I'm going for, and vice versa. Kate will do the same for me. And then there's moments where you know you just wrote something, and you know, it was just good. We both liked it right off the bat, and the other person just doesn't want to change it. So they just go, "Yeah, that's cool. You just sing the whole thing. I'll harmonize. Just." Yeah, just do it. I'll focus. I'll make up some cool guitar stuff in the background, or I'll make up a, you know, some funk-inspired bass line to kind of help things pop a little bit. But other than that, yeah, it's we don't we don't really struggle with that too often. We kind of just roll with it, and yeah, if it sounds good, it sounds good. You know, we're not going to fight it. For sure, and it seems like the motto there essentially could be "Leave your pride at the door," right? Just, oh yeah, 100%. just because I wrote it doesn't mean I should sing it. If it's better for Kate, well, then she's got to sing it for the sake of the song. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've learned that. I think what's really helped us do that, because again, going back to what I said in the beginning was we both came from separate bands and in those separate bands, we were both the front person. So when we started this band, that was a very difficult thing to figure out. Um, it's not as hard now. Now it's like, a, this is awesome. You know, like right away, I'm like, you know, what would sound cool is if you sang the high and I sang the low octave and we sang the exact same melody, but we just kind of like thickened each other up. And then in the choruses, we harmonized. And it was like this big, explosive chorus. And 
Like, and then the thing will completely switch around where it'll be like, oh, it'd be cool if you just sang verse one and I just sang verse two. And, and it, it didn't matter who wrote it. It was just a matter of as long as the song is your number one goal, like you'll do a good job. And as long as you're thinking about music first, you're not trying to copy another band that you that you like. You know, you're trying to put all your influences into one pot and stir it up and see what comes out you're good. And that's how we've always gone about things. And one thing that really helped us make that easier was when we started writing for other artists and contributing to other people's albums. It was actually like, you know, why don't we have this type of thought process when we write our own stuff? It doesn't make any sense. It's essentially like writing for the other person sometimes if you have to. So why don't we just do that? And, uh, you know, it's kind of, you, you learn to lean into your strengths and that's exactly what we do. And more so now than ever because we've kind of learned what our strengths were now that we're both not the front person slash guitar player slash singer <laughs> we don't have as much responsibility because one person can take on the other you know it's really cool that sounds like the dream it's it's very yeah, annoying it's great, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like you guys have this whole thing figured out <laughs> yeah it's uh, it it's, sounds like it <laughs> it also seems like you could probably have a little more fun on tour you know now you don't have to just worry about your voice i mean you know if something does happen i'm sure kate could pick up the slack for a night or two while you rest and recover and vice versa where oh yeah we do it all the time actually anytime one of us is having a rough night singing or it's been a couple nights in a row and our voices just aren't in good shape we don't feel confident you know again we both wrote the song so we can both sing each other's parts but again there's just things where it doesn't sound as good if i sing her part and vice versa so it's you know we end up finding ways around it but sometimes when my voice isn't working and she gets to sing more i'm a little more excited for the song so <laughs> sometimes i'm like yeah so i can't lie about that I, I like hearing her sing so i'm like hey you take it <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the dream, man. I am the only singer in my band, and there's... For now. For, well, I mean, okay, you got in for the spot, Andrew. Me and Andrew are in the same band. And cool, uh, cool. yeah, 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 we, we hang out too much, but we don't have to get into that on this, on this yeah, podcast. That's a separate podcast. But you know, it's just sort of like, hey, everyone is uh, hanging out at this house in Nashville after the show and, and having some beers and meeting cool people, and I'm just like, can, can you keep it down? I'm trying to sleep right now, man. We have like, a few more that's weeks cool. left. That's cool. As, no one, as long as no one needs to talk to me so I can not talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I might as well yeah. get a t-shirt that says vocal rest. Do not nah, talk. Dude, you wear the whiteboard, the small whiteboard with the marker, and it says vocal rest, and then you can write responses to people. Uh, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's I've seen, I've seen people do that, except, you know, like, it doesn't look that cool. Yeah, but that is a pro <laughs> tip. Now, that I, is a cool tip. We've been sort of, I think, flirting with your 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 origins, your early days of your musical history. Yeah. And I did say take it back earlier, but I think I got to do a rewind on that because I, I want to go even further back, man. Like what made Way you want to first... Back. Exactly. What made you want to first pick up a guitar and and sort of take this music thing just from, oh, I'm a, maybe I'm a little kid who really likes this and try to make it something that obviously look where it's taking you, you know? Like walk us through that because I think that's always the most fun part of doing this for me. Yeah, well, cool. I'm glad you want to hear about that, actually. I don't really delve into that too much. Um, basically, basically, it was when I was... Oh, man, let's really dig back. So, when I want to say I was probably eight or nine. I was in my grandfather, who's passed away since, but um, I was in his backyard at the time, and my cousin, my one cousin, Donnie, was always very up on music. You know, he was very... Uh, he knew exactly what was going on, and he, he actually introduced me to hardcore, but he also introduced me to pop punk, and he also introduced me to, you know, just regular, you know, like more pop rock bands. Like, he was also another guy I knew who just had no filter for music. It was just whatever was good. And um, 
I want to say I was probably eight or nine. And around the same time that I was at my grandfather's house and my cousin showed me Enema of the State from Blink-182, um, I was just like, wait a minute, what is this? You know, it's just so catchy. I couldn't get it out of my head. And I became kind of obsessed with it because I already kind of knew of them, but I didn't know that I was listening to them. Uh, but then that happened and I was like, okay, I got to find out this album is. So I kind of went digging around and found the album cover. So I knew what to get the next time I went to like the mall or something with my parents, you know, <laughs> like just trying to get it all sorted. And, uh, that was, like I said, around eight or nine years old. And around that exact same time, I want to say it was probably in the same month. I ended up finding Dookie from green day in a box of CDs that my dad had. There it is. And that completely <laughs> set. Yeah, dude, that completely set me off. Like, that was just like, I need to learn how to play guitar. I need to be in a band. I need to learn how to play guitar. I want to learn how to sing and play guitar in case I have to sing. I just wanted to know everything about music. That was all I cared about from literally that point forward. And I was playing basketball at the time. Like everyone in my family was very athletic. Um, I was like, I would skate with friends and things like that. But the second I heard those two records on, you know, I was just like, I don't care about anything. <laughs> this is it and that was really like the only thing my focus was on all the time i was so annoying to my parents to my aunts and uncles about it i was just like all i could talk about and uh you know even you know to i guess now that i brought up my aunts and uncles my one uncle michael had a box of cds as well that was stacked with ramones sex pistols the clash social distortion rancid operation ivy Ooh, all these albums that yeah op ivy so, now that that is something the ears perked up when i hear that not many people yeah. you know not many people know about the op ivy chris just got really excited <laughs> i'm a huge sky dude. guy so when you said rancid earlier i was like cool i gotta hang out with this guy <laughs> one day <laughs> dude yeah i mean i could go on for days about rancid and operation ivy pretty much anything tim armstrong has done i'm a fan of and uh yeah it was because of that whole thing happening you know it's like that was all around the exact same time and i was really fortunate to be able to hear that music at such a young age and become inspired by it and then it just kind of just kept going from there and there i started finally got a guitar i learned how to play a friend of mine got his drum set he's actually going to be the best man in our wedding so i'm really excited about that so he actually got a drum kit learned how to play drums and Pretty much it was just me, him, and another friend of ours, like just like three or four kids, just just getting instruments and just learning how to do it, just getting together and playing, not having a clue what to do. But, you know, like that stuff, I immediately became obsessed with it. Like there was just something about being together with people playing music and learning like, wow, I can do that shit. Like I can create what I'm listening to. It was that was like an intoxicating thing. And it's one of those things. It's like you still feel drunk on it, you know, like even at this age. One of my favorite, I, I read this quote one time and someone asked Paul McCartney, uh, he's been doing a lot of like press and stuff lately because uh, yeah. he just put that new album out last year and I was watching something, I think it was like on YouTube from Vogue or something and they asked him, so they're like, what's your favorite song you've ever written? And he was just like, uh, I haven't written the perfect song, so I don't know if I have an <laughs> answer for that. And I, he doesn't think he ever will. And so it is intoxicating because he obviously is like 75 and he's been doing this since he was you know probably eight or nine as well and also has written yeah. some of the most influential songs in history yeah and, and he so <laughs> exactly. honestly was like i have not written the perfect song i really can't answer that question yes well it's the most honest question ever i mean even you know we we go through that now we we We'll share a new song with management and our, our manager scott will be like this is good it's it's just not your best song and i'm like that's the best thing you could have said to me is if you told me this was our best song, I'd be like, well, damn, like, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. 
now I'm going to be thinking about that. But yeah, it's like, I love that we haven't written that. And I don't think anybody really can, you know, it's just, it's constant. It's again, it's subjective. And, you know, too, it's just, it's, it's always changing. It really depends on the day, depends on your emotion, depends on what you're feeling, where you're at the time you wrote it. Yeah. Music's awesome. Yeah. And it depends on <laughs> how the listener is feeling when they hear it. Cause you can hear one song on a sad day and be like, Oh wow, this made me feel better. And then you listen to it like a year later and you're like, wow, I remember that helped me get out of that thing and now I'm happy again. And it's like, it's yeah. crazy. But someone else could hear it and it could be on a day where they were really happy and it's like a sad song. Like, damn, now I'm bummed out. It's just, <laughs> yeah, music know, is man. the craziest thing that's ever existed. And you know what's even crazier? I have this playlist, uh, Tom, that I made. It's it's the master list of all of my favorite songs of all time, right? And it's it's probably like 200 songs deep and there's some songs that I'm like, can't listen to this in the fall. Skip. What's yep. the next track? Yep. Like the way that seasons and all that, even for my favorite songs of all time, it's like sometimes it just it, the mood's not right, the vibe's not right. It's not that I don't love the song. It's just that that was not the right time for Shuffle to put that on for me. Exactly. There's you know? no such I'm thing. There's no such thing as a playlist that has, you know, like no songs that you need to skip. Like there's I don't think that that exists. That's why I try to title mine with like the moods, you know? Like I got, I got like my my chill pool, Jack Johnson, um, you know, Donovan Frankenrider. Like I got that playlist, and if I'm by the pool and I put that on, nine times out of ten, we're hitting it out of the park. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's all about the vibe for sure. That's true. Now I- I'm curious, what was the first song you learned how to sing and play? Do you remember that or? First one I learned how to sing and play. Uh, uh, probably a Green Day song. I would say probably like when I come around or something. Uh, Same. That's why I asked. Yeah. I had an inkling. That's so weird. <laughs> it's yeah, such a good one. Was, it's a pretty tight rhythm to learn how to sing yeah. to. So yeah, I would say probably that. The first one that and, I learned to play and sing at the same time was uh, "Move Along" on Rock Band because I begged my dad to get me a microphone stand so I could do both at the same time. So I'm right there. <laughs> I'm right there with you guys totally. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Just hit the the green to the blue and the red. All right, dude. Just don't <laughs> don't get me started. All right. No, that that's that's interesting though. I mean, I wonder what it is about those bands you know blink 182 and green day that have sort of inspired our generation and and even andrew and i we've moved into pop now and other realms of music but like i keep going back to that and listening to that music i mean if i had to guess off the top of my head i feel like it's because it feels i mean like maybe raw is the wrong word but it just feels very like genuine like i don't you know i wasn't really up and listening to music at that time when that record Mm -hmm. came out but i have to imagine it was a lot of pop stuff and a lot of just like oh yeah typical stuff and then like dookie comes out and he's like am i just stoned and people are like whoa maybe he's just stoned this is crazy yeah (laughs) like this dude's just saying whatever he wants like he says something about like masturbating losing fun like who says that? True. Yeah. Very true. And then yeah, everyone's just like, damn, he's just saying whatever he, what he's thinking. And like, I can do that. And it's just three guys. I have more than two friends. I can do that. Mm-hmm. That's true. my guess. Yeah. No, I mean, pushing the envelope, I think, is a great way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, he also writes some pretty catchy punk melodies. So true. Oh, yeah. You know, they were on the, the, the more poppy side of, of punk rock, them and Blink, Green Day and Blink, that is. But so, you know, Tom, we're, we're, uh, we're nearing the end a little bit, but we still have some time. So I'd love to know how you guys linked up with your new management and and got in the, the hands of, of Wiretap and and sort of like take us through that process for anyone who's who's listening to this show who's like, man, like I know my songs are good, but I, I just don't know where to start. Like if you wouldn't mind, like just for the audience out there who's trying to learn something right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, basically with uh, us getting hooked up with Wallen Management was really through Scott and I being friends on Facebook and trading music. Like we, we were trading song. He was releasing a song of his own at the time 
and I'd have known of Scott at this point, but we didn't know each other. Like we kind of knew of each other through social media and mutual friends, but not ever really spoke. Uh, every now and then we would obviously show support for what one another were doing. There was obviously a mutual respect, but not a, uh, not really this conversation. There wasn't a dialogue going or anything. And one day, yeah, he sent me a song that he was putting out and I really liked it. So I was like, Oh dude, this is, this is cool. You know? And we had a little conversation about it. And I said, how would you feel if I sent you some of my stuff? Like you, do you care to listen? And he was like, yeah, send me whatever your best song is. And I go, well, I mean, I like all of them. <laughs> you know? So like I just sent over a new EP, our latest EP, the Vultures EP. I sent him that and uh yeah we just kind of just started talking music from there and that turned into I I I really think at the end of the day it kind of came down to just the the fact that any conversation we have had we were both very cool with each other we had a lot in my uh, a lot of like um or a lot in common is what I'm trying to say um we 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 just really had a lot in common and we liked the same style of music for the most part but we both also liked very different styles of music too so we could talk about that and this sort of just led to, you know what, like, I think from his point of view was, you know, I, I want to try and work with this dude's band because they, he just seems like he, he knows what he wants to do. And, and it just it just seemed interesting, I guess. And from there on, I was I was obviously interested as well. I was keeping up on what he was doing. And um, yeah, we kind of just took it from there. We, we, we had literally one phone call. And I want to say within... Uh, it was a short call that day. I want to say it was probably like about within like a half hour, 45 minutes. It was us and his assistant, Emily Burke, who's now also managing us. So it's Scott and Emily together with us. And I want to say within a half hour, 45 minutes, we were just like, yeah, we just all hit it off. It was very good vibe. The energy was all there. And yeah, we just wanted to move forward right off the bat. We'd, we, we almost took no time to even think about it. We were just like, when it feels right, again, almost like with the music itself, it's just when it feels right, it's right. Just go for it. And um, that's exactly what we did. And things have been great ever since. Uh, when it comes to Wiretap, uh, that's that's still a very new thing for us with them. Um, at the time, you know, we've been just kind of working on music, not really sure what we were going to do. Um, we thought we were just going to put out a couple singles on our own. We didn't have a plan of when. We still kind of don't really have a plan of when. It was just a matter of, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? What is this going to be? And um, it took some time to figure out. So, yeah, with... Uh, uh, obviously with Scott and Emily's assistance, we were shopping around a little bit, seeing if anybody would be interested in teaming up with us and helping us put out something, whatever it may be. We kind of just wanted to leave the discussion open. We were very open-minded going into this process. And then, yeah, Wiretap was interested in having a band that was more of a crossover because as if you go check out their website and look at their roster, they have some really great uh, punk-influenced bands, like very, like, very, very, like, gritty like driven like punk bands it's really cool like, everybody on there is really good um one of them's actually from new jersey as well as band called lost in society they're from like i want to say 20 minutes north of us and um so we had already kind of known about wiretap too which was it was good for us you know we were like yeah we we want to be familiar and um yeah you know we got on the phone with uh scott emily and rob who's the owner of wiretap and we just spoke for a little bit about what we all had in mind what we wanted to do musically again another thing we all had a lot in common with what he wanted to do and yeah that's it man we just took it from there and yeah we're just going to be putting out new music through wiretap but um everything is very organic you know that's all it sounds cliche to say but it's true
No, but I mean, I think that's the thing that I found doing this podcast with Andrew almost like five months now. We've interviewed a lot of people across a lot of different styles of music and it is organic. And if you are, if people are taking interest in your music and if they're offering you opportunities like you guys have, I mean, what else could it be? You know, there's to me, I'm over like the stigma of when people ask me like, hey, man, so like I really like that new song. Like, like, how was it? And I'm like, honestly, man, it just kind of came out and that could sound kind of like pretentious or whatever but if if that's how it is that's how it is you know yeah so that's all it is man yeah it's it kind of seems like your your band's whole approach to everything is very organic it's just kind of like you know obviously you plan stuff and you work for it but it's kind of just like let let what's going to happen happen and like because that's going to be what should happen oh yeah and that's kind of the way things are even now with wiretap i mean we we know what we want to do we have things ready to go. It's just a lot of things are just tentative at the moment because we all want it to feel right. We all want everything to be the right timing. And that's really exactly how it's just really always been for us. You know, obviously, like you said, yeah, you do plan ahead. You plan tours ahead. You plan studio time ahead. And obviously you want stacks and stacks of songs ready to go at any time. And, you know, luckily for Kate and I, we write all the time. There's really very rarely a moment where we're not writing. So it's there's always something happening you know what i mean and and you know it, it's been so much better now that we've figured out our strengths like each individual strengths and have both just been leaning into them and taking them for what they are you know just enjoying it and just trying to be as honest as you can with lyrics but with with, with everything else you know like it does come down to the melody too you know we always want to be catchy but like i said before we want to connect as well and if there's people out there who you know, they enjoy a band that connects and isn't just this surface thing that you just listen to once and you're over it. You know, it's then cool. Like, let's let's see what we can do together and how does this help everybody? Not, you know, not in a selfish, you know, what can you do for me? You know, that's never our attitude. It's always, you know, like, what can we do to help each other? Because everybody's just, everybody's just trying to make it all work. So scratch my know, back you, and I'll scratch yours. Yeah, yeah. Just get the right people in your corner and just be real with people show gratitude you know and, and no, nobody wants to work with somebody who <laughs> is a yeah. dick it's just like chris what, what's that thing you're always saying about going to the top or something oh yeah uh you know be nice to the people you meet on the way up because you'll see them again on the way down there you go oh yeah i love that <laughs> that's yeah I that's what i'm very similar to that too i think i forget who said it though it was it was so good i heard it in an interview once and i loved it it was it's important to be nice uh or it's nice to be important but it's more important to be nice and i was like that's Damn. great amazing dude. i honestly to... just got chills tom let <laughs> me tell you bro what i was gonna say next and i guess i'll say it now because why not but i was gonna why say not? you are living proof that nice guys don't finish last if anything that that <laughs> that, that is Boom. just a good green day song and that's all <laughs> you know what i mean but but i could talk to you for hours man unfortunately uh we, we got to wrap it up here i want to thank you again so much for your time um calling calling us from across the pond in new jersey we really appreciate yeah. with that. the time difference and everything with the time we really appreciate yeah, it so we're really glad you made uh, we were able to make this work man because this was this was a great interview i really enjoyed speaking yeah. to you and getting to know you and uh you know you're not too far let's let's link up someday if you're ever in new york let us know we'll come out to the show and, and hang yeah, out yeah, and yeah. meet in we'll person ha- we'll have to have you back on the show after uh, all this wiretap stuff has actually happened and things are going on yeah yeah for sure i would love to do that again for sure you guys are awesome and yeah i really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity to talk about it all thank you anytime man anytime now before we let you go where can people find you and uh you know what what, what can they expect from all things 18th and addison going forward into the back half of this year yeah so basically for 18th and addison any show info 
uh, any new music updates, uh, videos, things like that, you can go straight to 18thandaddison.com. Uh, in the top right corner of our website that has all our social media links as well. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're very interactive on there. We Again, we like to... Uh, connection is a big thing for us, and we know that the music alone can't do it. So we enjoy social media a lot more so than I think some bands do. And um, so, yeah, if people want to follow us on there, send a message or just leave some comments. It's We, we like talking to people and hearing feedback. We welcome feedback. And... Um, you know, in terms of that, we'll have uh, some new music out soon. Uh, we're working on a ton of stuff. It's ridiculous. But yeah, we got a ton of shows coming up, which is stuff that's already up there online, which you could also check out at the website. And if any of them are close, yeah, come out, sing along. That's really, that. that's that's what we shoot for. The show's 50-50. It's the band and the crowd. So that's what we like to, that's what we like to go for. Very true, man. Well, once again, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. And we're going to leave all the listeners with Time Bomb by 18th and Addison. My little time bomb Always tick, tick, ticking through the night And it's an issue, but I miss you every time you walk out of my life I know the silence Kills me when I try and close my eyes Oh, holy gunshot, better not contemplate social suicide Delinquent